Hello everybody and welcome back to Las Vegas. We are here. It is 2.47 in the morning. That's a, that's a, it's so much earlier than the previous one that we did. Yes. Uh, and we're here today, Tommy, to reflect on qualifying. Still such a late session and it doesn't work for anyone. Doesn't work for Europeans. Doesn't work for people that live here. Doesn't work for anyone. But anyway, it, qualifying worked for me. It did. It was also like, for all the complaining yesterday, the vibes were a lot better today, that's for sure. You could tell that, you know, there was more atmosphere at the track. And I think maybe that's just the fact that we had a meaningful session, but the tunes were going. There was a lot of, uh, a lot more people there. Still not maybe loads. I think tomorrow's going to be like a lot more. Um, and yeah, we had a actual two normal sessions of running. It was quite something. Who would have thought? Yep, all covers stayed put, even though they're not covers anymore. They're just kind of cement now, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say about the the the, the vibes. I I don't feel it as much as maybe you've kind of described. Just me, I mean, the music, fine, you know, pumping music, but I feel like the segregation of the zones has taken away a lot from my experience personally because you can't roam. We're in South Coval zone, which don't get me wrong, you know, we're with Red Bull and Poker Stars. They've given us an amazing little grandstand and a little bit of hospitality, and it's, it's awesome. But like that's it in terms of you are isolated, you are stuck in that area, you can't roam, you can't go to the fan zone, you can't soak up the atmosphere with everyone else that may be in different zones. You are on these little islands, and I feel like it impacts the the the, the atmosphere quite substantially and I think as well where we're situated is away from the hype because the grandstand we're looking at is barely even one yeah, third full yeah yeah um and I just feel like we're, we're segregated away from where perhaps there is better atmosphere yeah it's it's very much I guess that's the nature of putting on a street race in a yeah a complicated city I guess where they have to zone off certain places and have security in certain areas and things like that. Um, that certainly makes it difficult logistically. It's not like a a track like a Silverstone or a Zamvort where you can just walk around and it's a flat bit of land and you can just go anywhere. Obviously, there's like buildings and everything and you've got to get into here. And then, yeah, it certainly makes it difficult. Um, without going on a massive tangent, I went to Valencia in 2008 I think it was and that was the same and I felt very much the same where you're stuck in a zone uh, and that was very similar to the point where even you couldn't get to merchandise stands because they were in different zones and stuff uh, and it very much feels a similar similar way where you like to experience the whole vibe of a race and, and look around but um, you can't you can't do that here. Right, let's get into Q1 then, shall we, and talk about some qualifying action and the massive, huge shock that I don't think anyone expected to this degree was McLaren. Sorry, have we gone back to the start of the year where their car doesn't work at street tracks and you know, Saudi, for example, being a good example of that? What on earth 
has gone on, not just with Piastri, who's starting 19th, but Lando Norris as well. Yeah, it's bad for McLaren. They, you know, they've, they've been on an amazing run of form, and I think they mentioned that they wouldn't be very good here. But I also remember Lando Norris being saying the same to like Hungary and he got a podium and, you know, you, you, it, it feels like ever since McLaren got good every single race, even if, you know, there's been some way like they're going to be really good at Qatar, but then it was surprising how they were good at Silverstone and then good at Hungary that are two very different tracks. So through the whole weekend, I've still kind of been like, no, they'll be up there. You know, even if they're not, you know, didn't expect them to be as good as the Ferraris, for example. But I thought they'd be at least in in Q3. But to not even make it into Q2 is absolutely shocking. Yeah, it really is. Um, question from You Better Leg It. What do you think made McLaren so slow? Obviously, Lando had a track limits and impeding issue, but still looked way off the pace. Do they have any hope of getting points tomorrow? I don't really have the answer as to why McLaren are so slow. Perhaps Straight it's the, line speed. the that being one thing. But then again, you know, Gasly managed to get a pretty good qualifying performance in that Alpine and they've been struggling with straight line speed uh, as of late. Um, Lando, of course, having more track limits problems. Um, seems like that's just a running trend with him uh, in qualifying. But Piastri obviously showing that there isn't really that much raw speed in that McLaren. As for the question, do they have any hope of getting points tomorrow? Absolutely. You know, I, I don't. I feel like this qualifying session has has kind of gone a little bit further. I don't think it's a true representation of where that McLaren is, especially on race pace. I don't think they've looked great uh, over the course of the practice sessions that we've seen, um, but I think they're in the mix at least to potentially score a point or two. Uh, but the problem is, you know, they've got cars ahead of them, two Williamses. That will be impossible to overtake if they get any kind of reasonable exit out of the, the final corner before the long, long straight. So they're going to have their work cut out for sure. Exactly. Uh, now I, you mentioned the, the Williams. Uh, was it not Monza where Lando was stuck behind Albon the entire race because... They had no straight line they speed. They had no straight line speed. Mm. Uh, and you've got to think that that could be a similar problem uh, tomorrow, particularly if, like you say, they've got to... They want to get up the front. They're going to have to pass two Williams cars that are amazing on the straight, and McLaren don't have that, so it could be very tricky for them. And also, Hamilton literally said after practice, I think, that it's a very similar track to Monza in the sense of they strip off all the downforce. The slipstream actually isn't that powerful, which means it's all just down to straight line speed, pretty much. And Williams have a, a very optimum, optimal package when it comes to straight line speed, as we know, um, and that can work really well uh, in their favour for the race so and the DRS won't be strong as well as something you mentioned because obviously they're they've got the very thin wings so it's not yeah. as extreme yeah exactly just like we see in Monza so um hopefully we get some good racing <laughs> and we don't just have a massive DRS train behind Albon and Sargent but I know for a fact Williams will be having a debrief and going you're in a great position just all you have there. to do is drive in a straight line on the straight and you are fine uh other drivers that went out Ocon. I mean, let's talk about that, shall we? Chickia4 asks, what was that whole Verstappen-Ocon thing? And all that stuff with seven drivers almost crashing into each other at the end of Q1. Let's look at the Verstappen-Ocon thing first. The replay kind of took it out of context uh, because I think we just saw the end 
of what went on between Verstappen and Ocon. Verstappen, <laughs> we literally saw Verstappen just dive bombing up the inside of Ocon into Turn 1, and we're thinking, hmm, what's gone on here? However, Ocon was actually slipstreaming Verstappen and passed him going into, well, going to both start their lap at the end of Q1. And Max Verstappen, he's done it before, he'll do it again. Don't you, he will basically say to you, don't you dare overtake me as I'm about to start my lap. Because you know what? I'm sending one up the inside and neither of us are getting a lap. You will never, you will never gain from passing Max Verstappen just before he's starting a lap because he will ruin it. And it isn't against the rules either for him to dive bomb into turn one. As long as he doesn't smash into him, he's trying to start his lap as well. No, I can't remember what race it was at the top of my head. Was it Austria, maybe? But he had something very similar to Lewis Hamilton where... Yes, it was Austria. It was Austria, it was. where Hamilton passed him uh, and he went, OK, I will pass you back into turn one and sacrifice my lap and yours. And Hamilton also got knocked out in that session. Uh, and like you say, there are no rules against it because he is starting his lap as well. And his lap has been compromised at the start. And he knows if he's stuck behind the Alpine for the entire lap, then it's not going to happen. So other drivers would back out, but it's Max Verstappen and that's what he's built his whole career on. And some people don't like it. Some people love it. Uh, he doesn't care. And he does not <laughs> care, just like he doesn't care about saying how awful the track is. Oh my because, God. my God, he, he just goes absolutely ham on everything to do with Vegas. There was, a, there was an interview that I saw with him where it was like, so you enjoying the track? And he just went, no. I've driven on better. Yeah. And yeah. I, honestly, there, there are a lot of people online that are not wanting to see Las Vegas do particularly well. I'm not one of those people, as we mentioned before, we're here for 10 years. I'd like Formula One to make it work rather than us complaining for the next 10 years uh, about how bad it is. But Max Verstappen is, I, I genuinely think he's the biggest hater of Las Vegas and the circuit. Yeah. He, he, I, I don't know why exactly he's as far gone as he is with this, but mm. um, you can also understand his, his frustrations. If he doesn't like the track, if he thinks you know, Formula One's going in a direction that he doesn't enjoy, he's allowed to express his opinion. That's the thing, right? He doesn't have to... Well, he's never going to. He's Max Verstappen. He'll tell you just how it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's, some, you know, there's, there's been an argument around, oh, you know, should he be saying these things about the circuits and the CEO saying, oh, Max has been a little bit... Um, whatever the word he, he used. And then maybe he's a bit nervous, they said, like the, the CEO of uh, Las Vegas said. It's like, yeah, he's nervous about what? Yeah. What, what, driving around Las Vegas after winning 17 times this year? No. Um, but anyway, we kind of di diverted away from the Verstappen-Ocon thing. They were allowed to do it. Verstappen did it. Ocon, it's just, it's just a dislike between the two of them, isn't yeah. it? There is a clear dislike after, of course, what happened at Brazil when Verstappen was lapping Ocon that time and then Ocon wiped Verstappen out of the lead. Um, and it's, it's just, it just simmers along. There are two drivers as well. Like We mentioned Verstappen will do, do what he does, but Ocon is very similar in that sense that he is not afraid to maybe make another driver. Uh, he doesn't also, like when he's on the track, he's not there to make friends either, is he? And he certainly hasn't made many friends uh, with some, some of his driving like over the years. But uh, yeah, there is definitely history there as well. So I'm sure that clip will be played us 6,000 times in Drive to Survive. 100%. It's funny because Ocon, as we've said many, many times before, is a lovely guy. He's so different. And yet he has 
very similar aggression to Verstappen on track. Like they are, if you're going to compare two levels of aggression, I think yeah. they're kind of on quite similar levels when you think of all the incidents they've been involved in over the years. But it's, I feel like Ocon, you know, we said it, and I, I, he's so misunderstood mm. from Formula One fans. That are like, oh, he's just such a blah blah blah. You know, he's such an idiot on track. Whatever. It's he's yeah. not like that in person, no, but on the track he certainly does. Yeah, puts the helmet on, he becomes a different man he, indeed, doesn't he? He does. And then the seven drivers almost crashing into each other at the end of Q1. That was chaotic. I am very surprised that Max Verstappen got away with that because it looked like Pierre Gasly narrowly missed uh, his rear diffuser. Um, all drivers. Was it, Ga- been... was it Gasly or was it Ocon? I can't remember which Alpine uh, it was. I thought it might have even been Ocon as well. I think it was Ocon. those two okay. again. It was so, an Alpine. Yeah. Forgive me. It's late. Um, and we were watching at the track, which we all know if you've been to a race, you know how you, difficult you it is don't to follow know as anything. Much what's going uh, on. Don't even get me started on the commentary that we had to listen to because it wasn't Sky. It was um, some American commentary that uh, they didn't have a clue what was going on for most of the session. However, yes, back to this again. Um, yes, I'm very surprised that Max Verstappen didn't have a rear wing lost. Uh, in that particular incident. But they've all been cleared. There's no penalties being handed out for maximum delta time shock. Um, <laughs> so boring now. It's so it? dull, isn't it? Yeah. Just seeing that graphic of 9,000 drivers under investigation yeah. and no one and getting ne- a penalty. It would never happen. Nope. Um, but yes, that was chaotic to say the least. But that was the only, the real only time I thought that we really saw a bit of chaos like that, which was maybe surprising because you'd think maybe there was a bit more bunching that could have happened like we see in Saudi, for example. Yeah, indeed. It's strangely calm so far. We'll see what how the race is, but hopefully the opposite. We want we want chaos. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Q2 now. Hamilton, Perez, Hulkenberg, Stroll and Ricardo were the five to drop out. And quite clearly, Hamilton and Perez out in Q2. What, 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 what were Red Bull doing uh, with Perez? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything around whether he had any issues or not. It didn't seem that way. It, he was sixth when he was pitted. And that was a risk that perhaps wasn't worth it. <laughs> no. Definitely wasn't worth it's, it. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because, you know, Perez is having not a great year, despite the fact that he is very more than likely that he is will finish second in the championship now, particularly as Hamilton has not uh, looked like he'll capitalise uh, on this race based on his starting position. And, yeah, he's... For for all like 
Perez's flaws this year and how bad he's had things. There is also some responsibility from Red Bull as well with certain decisions they've made. Interlagos, for example, you know, like leaving him out so late and he him getting the the things like that. And then, you know, you could see it a mile off. I, I saw it with two minutes to go when I saw Perez pulling into the pits thinking like, you're sixth, you're a second off the lead. That's not safe. And then you think, surely you bolt some softs on and go again. But no, just sat in the pits while the track is rubbering in at its best and everyone's going quicker. And then, of course, he starts 12th. Yeah, make no sense. Of course, he will be promoted to 11th with signs as penalty. Um, and Hamilton, as you say, just ahead of him and will start 10th. Poor from Mercedes. Hamilton himself said over the team radio that he couldn't go any faster, which is surprising considering how quickly Russell, I think Russell was a good half a second clear um, in that particular session. Uh, and then Hulkenberg as well. I mean, I'm actually a little bit disappointed for Nico because I think the Haas will be, have been looking really good this weekend. Switching on those tyres, just like we predicted with Ferrari as well. It's actually working beautifully for them at the moment. Whether it will be the same in the race, race trim, we will uh, have to wait and see. But with Hulkenberg and his performances we've seen this year, his star performances, especially in qualifying, I'm very surprised to see K-Mag be the one to make it through to Q3. Yeah, I did hear that um, that Hulkenberg might have been using an older um, chassis this weekend or like a non-upgraded Haas. Um, could be wrong because, as Matt said, the commentary has not been great. Um, so who knows if that's right. But from what from what I've heard, that was the, the, the case. So, um, yeah, the, the fact that Hulkenberg, even with that, like he's been amazing in qualifying so much and you think a track where Haas actually seemed to be pretty decent in, in the mix in the midfield and Magnussen's done really well, so I'm surprised that Hulkenberg is that far down. What's not surprising is Lance Stroll uh, out, in, out in Q2 down in 14th. And uh, he's got penalties as well. And he's got a penalty as well for not slowing down under a yellow flag, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, and there's rumours he could get another penalty as well. OK, so he'll be starting last then. And uh, Danny Rick, your biggest good surprise, hey? Yeah, miles ahead of Yuki, so I'm cashing that one in. <laughs> Good try. Let's go to Q3 then, finally, because that's where the money's at. Well, not really. No points have given out, but I am happy. I was going to say I'm happy on a... F oh, I've just thought. Usually I'm happy on a Saturday because Ooh. qualifying Saturday, that's when... For it was a Friday. Well, actually, no, it's technically a Saturday. But also the race will start on a Saturday <sighs> that and could finish be on what, a Saturday. That could be what Charles needs. If Charles Leclerc wins Vegas tomorrow, we know it's a Saturday thing. Then I'm going to be campaigning for next year every race to be on a Saturday because clearly, I, I, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, the belief is through the roof. It's not. Every it, time. It's not even like. It's not uh, even remote. It's not like a little like. Oh, maybe I actually believe they can win tomorrow. I genuinely do. I think Ferrari are looking unbelievable. They are looking very good. To be fair. Um, We've already spoken about the conditions and, and how that definitely works in their favour. And uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get heartbroken all over again. The, yeah, we mentioned we jumped on Twitch very briefly after. Yeah, sorry about the connection issues, by the way, for that. that was, uh, we tried and it <laughs> broke very quickly. So we did chat a little bit uh, about this, but in our predictions, uh, I think we both said that we could see it being very similar to Monza where Leclerc, Sainz, 
and Verstappen battle for pole. And that's exactly what happened. Obviously, Max is quite a way off because he didn't do that second lap. But before that, when they were all doing their laps together, it was so close between the three of them. You know, it could have been any of them. Uh, it doesn't really surprise me that um, it is Charles because we know how good he is uh, in qualifying. And the Ferrari does look really good around here. I would love to roast you, but I do think you are right to say that it is a little bit different um, than normal just because you don't think the tyre wear will be as bad and, and also they just genuinely look really good rather than it kind of feeling like Charles outperformed where he should be. Like in pure speed, I think Ferrari have the quickest car. Whether that translates to the race or not, we'll see. But like, I do think just this track layout and how it is in terms of like one lap, Ferrari look fastest and I think are fastest. Um, I think the, the killer blow, and it makes it even more heartbreaking of what happened to, to science is he has to take that penalty and then even more heartbreaking for Ferrari is that puts Max on the front row going into turn one. So he's literally alongside, like Charles would have been praying that Carlos could have been, you know, still there and been his rig gunner or at least, you know, had that, had that bit so Max doesn't just have a straight run at Charles into, into turn one or the first lap. Yeah, just a small buffer would have been nice, wouldn't it? I mean, George Russell very nearly got ahead of Max Verstappen. Who, of course, Max made that error in the final lap and he was out of contention. I'm so surprised to still mm. see him on the front row of the grid. Yeah, uh, just because I, I thought <laughs> there would be a few other drivers that might have just slotted in ahead of him, um, but it didn't happen. Um, question from US Navi 66 Do you think Charles can keep Max behind him? And will Carlos be able to pass everyone rather quickly and finish on the podium? Um, I, I, I feel, and I, I hope as well, that we get a kind of Saudi 2022 battle here. Where Ferrari, not asking for not, much. Not how it ends, because that wasn't great. But... I mean, that would be incredible. I mean, Slipstreaming It's every very lap. similar track, isn't it? Mm. It's a very similar track in the sense of these long, long straights. Um, I am scared of Max Verstappen and his DRS. Very scared indeed. Um, but I, 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 genu I, I genuinely feel this is the first time this year that Charles Leclerc can fight Max Verstappen this, uh, this weekend. And I am here for it. Um, I will be in the Red Bull hospitality shrieking, um, but at different times to the other Red Bull fans that are there. So they'll be like, yeah, when they, when, you know, undoubtedly I'm sure he'll pass Charles at some point. I will be like, no, and then vice versa. Um, I did ask one of the um, wonderful uh, Red Bull staff whether I'd be thrown out if I celebrate a Charles Leclerc poll, and they said yes. So I might not even be allowed to be in next time. Nice. Yeah, I mean, we have to remember as well that Monza, of course, um, Carlos kept Max behind for a very long time, and it was only a small mistake that, that, hap that happened to let Max you know, make the move. And if it is like Monza and it's hard to pass and the DRS isn't powerful, Charles has to absolutely make sure he's ahead um, at the start. He can't lose a place at the start. Um, and then if he is ahead, we'll have that classic Formula One thing where if it was Max ahead and no one could pass it or be complaining, 
but because Max has won so many races and, and the majority of people want to see someone else win, we'll all be loving it if it's not easy for Max to pass because so many times Max has just breezed past people in the DRS and you know made it look very easy. So if we get another situation like Monza, it, for all the complaining that we mentioned earlier about like, oh no, it's going to be Monza really hard to pass and the DRS won't be as powerful, could actually be good for the race if, if Leclerc stays ahead. Yeah, I've changed my mind. I want it to be the most boring race of all time <laughs> in terms of amount of overtakes um, so that we can get a tense, a tense race where Charles Leclerc wins by 0.4 seconds. Um, and then Carlos, of course, he'll be starting 12th. It's going to be difficult, it's especially with the, ask, yeah. with, the, with the problems we've already raised around overtaking and perhaps it being quite difficult. And then you'll have these Williams. corks in the bottles like the, like the two Williams of Albon uh, and Sargent. Um, I think, you know, if I was to predict where Sainz will finish, I think, it, I think he will clear the Williamses. Probably around, I would, I would hazard a guess around a P5 finish would be, would be solid. I think Russell will have a, quite a quiet but decent race, um, of course, starting in, on, in fourth. But I think, I think Carlos can, can clear the rest of them in front of him. Yeah, I, I do think a podium is not absolutely outrageous. And he's behind long... Perez, he's behind Hamilton. You, you think, can, can Carlos beat Perez? It's those two, isn't it? I mm. think that, that's, that's difficult that he's behind two normal front runners that are also further down the pack, which makes life difficult. Whereas, you know, if it was just a case of him pa passing like Magnussen, Bottas and the, the, those people, it might be a bit easier, but that will hinder him a bit. But I do think he could could get into the top five. Um, and if Ferrari are really, really good, then maybe he does get a podium. Ooh, I'm ready for that. Um, other drivers to speak about, of course, Pierre Gasly, who will start P4. He's, he's on one at the moment. Like he's having some stellar performances, is Pierre Gasly, and and it needs to be spoken about because you know, Ocon a dip, I think is, is yeah, fair to say, yeah. uh, and Gasly is starting to kind of really get the the upper hand in this teammate rivalry. Ocon, I think, went on social media saying he was really unlucky and this that and the other. You know, uh, we we can discuss whether or not it's unlucky to to decide to try and make a move on Verstappen into yeah. Turn One and Q One, but. Um, but for Gasly, he's outperforming that Alpine. You you predicted massive flop. I don't think Alpine was supposed to be this quick, but starting on the second row of the grid is an unbelievable achievement from Pierre. It is so good. Like, I can't believe Alpine at this track have been that good. Well, and in Gasly's hand, we'll never know where Ocon was, but correct me if I'm wrong, but even in the session where before uh, Ocon was having the, the issues, like Gasly was the one that seemed to be up there. Uh, and Ocon, obviously, even with a, the Verstappen issues, he obviously didn't have a lap anywhere near as good to, to stay in after the, the issue. So Gasly is, is driving incredibly well. Um, very underrated, actually, like the, how, he's, how he's gone on and seemed to um, sort of gel with Alpine uh, very quickly and he's doing doing very well and picking up these like strong points finishes for for Alpine which maybe the car shouldn't really be there so very impressive now we've mentioned them Williams we have uh, they are starting 
P5 and P6 uh, when uh, Carlos Sainz's penalty is is uh, is applied. Um, of course, Alex Albon doing things that we've seen occasionally from Albon this year. Uh, but Logan Sargent as well. He deserves um, a shout out. Uh, it is funny because I have seen you know, things on social media already saying like, it's a great, you know, well done Logan, but also you're a couple of tenths off your teammate. Isn't that kind of where you're supposed to be? Yeah. You know, the Williams is in a, in a position where uh, it's clearly able to perform. And I do understand those comments, but I'm going to lean on the side of this man is literally fighting for his career. Yes, he's within a couple of tenths of Albon. That's where he's expected to be. But to deliver on the world stage around a track you've never been at, of course, everyone else is the same, but it's, it's still a huge amount of pressure. And he delivered. And, and that's, that's the key thing. That's what Williams wants to see. That's what James Fowles wants to see is can he deliver when it matters? And the, this is a performance that might, might just creep him over that line where they go, go on then, we'll give you one more year. Because these are the performances that, that make him stand out. I really, really need to speak to whoever the person was in the Formula One graphics department. It wasn't kept, me, I promise. That kept putting up more than once his qualifying uh, past five results, which was P20, 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 P20 and P20. I'm like, show it once. Fine. Let's not keep showing it. Yeah, the poor man. Brutal like, it is harsh. Um, and I love how they showed it in Q3 as well. Like, this is not normal. But it was a great performance from Logan and I'm not going to take anything away from him. Uh, he can be very proud of, of uh, P7, which, was, which will be P6. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do see where people are coming from that he's behind his teammate still and he's a few tenths off and that is where he should be. But you can't have a go at someone for being where they should be. Um, you know, If he's two tenths off Albon a lot of the time... Uh, it's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be under all this all this pressure. And yeah, he's he needs now to just have a strong points finish because his problem has been that he's only got one point. Is that right? Or is it two? I'm trying to remember Ooh, from yes. the disqualifications. Yeah, it, two, it might yeah. be two now. Um, yeah, two points, um, which... Of course, a few years ago, uh, we're still in this mentality, aren't we, of like, oh my God, Williams, fifth and sixth, that's insane. Like, they're the worst team in the world. They're not the worst team in the world anymore. And it's still trying to, like, shift our brain into that. So, like, he is just delivering where he should be. And I think that is just the fact that both drivers are there shows that the Williams is very good. And it's no surprise on a track. And Logan has one. One, Okay. And a track like that, he is very, like, the Williams, of course, is very good um, because it's got a massive long straight and that's what they excel at. But, yeah, he, need, he needs to get some, some big points tomorrow. He certainly does. And that pretty much wraps up our chat about qualifying. So I hope you've enjoyed. It's 3.17 in the morning. Um, yes, we'll leave it there. We'll see you tomorrow for some more content. Bye. We're waving if you can't see us. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.